Have you finished your personal statement yet? Now's the perfect time to get it professionally reviewed by a medical school HQ expert advisor. We have former directors of admissions, admissions officers, and the like on our small team of amazing people. They have the inside knowledge from reading thousands and thousands and thousands, tens, if not 100,000 personal statements going through the process and setting up the process for their whole committee. They know exactly what medical schools look for and the common red flags that can get your entire application thrown out. Take advantage of our flash sale right now, going through May 6th, up to 6,000 characters reviewed for just $150. That's a $75 discount on our regular price. Go to editmyps.com. Again, that's editmyps.com. How do you successfully navigate medical school in your 50s? And what happens, as we'll discuss today, when things don't go exactly right? The pre-med year, session number 546. Hello, and welcome to the pre-med years, where we believe that collaboration, not competition, is key to your success. I'm your host, Dr. Ryan Gray, and in this podcast, we share with you stories, encouragement, and information that you need to know to help guide you on your path to becoming a physician. Welcome to the Pre-Med Years. Thank you so much for joining me today. I have a wonderful guest. We're bringing back Jen. She's been on the podcast before. Back in episode 472, you can find that episode at premedyears.com slash 472. And we're going to talk about how med school's been going. When I initially talked to her, she, I think, was just starting out. And so things were all rosy and good, and, and she was excited. And now that she's been in it, what does that look like as a non-traditional student, as a 52-year-old as she is now? Uh, and if you follow Jen on any of the social medias, she's the road to Dr. Jen, you can go find her. You can see that she's living her life and being a medical student. But does that come at a cost. And we'll talk about that today because she just got some news about a big part of being a medical student. Before we jump into that, though, I want to talk about the MCAT Minutes brought to you by Blueprint MCAT. Did you know, if you are a non-traditional student like our guest Jen is today, then planning your work is so important. We talk about that today with Jen going to Taylor Swift concerts and doing amazing things and being a medical student and studying and doing all of that. And she does that by planning. And you can go get a free MCAT prep planner over at blueprintmcat.com. Sign up for their free account and get access to their amazing drag and drop planner that will lay out everything you need to do to get the score you need on your MCAT. Let's go ahead and jump in and say hello to Jen. Jen, welcome back to the Pre-Med Hi. Years podcast. How are you doing? Really good. How are you doing? I am doing excellent. I'm excited to check in with you. I don't do enough of these check-in episodes. You originally were on the Pre-Med Years podcast as a bright-eyed, bushy-tailed first-year medical student in your 50s or beginning of your 50s. Uh, back in early 2022 is when we released that episode. That was episode 472. You have wrapped up your preclinical years, I believe, and uh, have, are transitioning yeah. to clinical. Yep. 
a year and a half later since we've last chatted, as a 50-year-old medical student, 50-plus-year-old medical student, would you do it again? We're, we're 52 now. 52. So we're that up. Oh, yeah. In a heartbeat. I'm honestly, I. Is, is it a lot of work? Yes. Are there times it's stressful? Sure. Am I having the time of my life? Absolutely. Absolutely. I love it. I love the learning. I love the people. I mean, even just this morning, I had kind of a lousy morning, which we'll talk about a little bit. And I mean, instantly just surrounded by this herd of love from everyone in my cohort and just incredible support. And I mean, I do it again just for the people, honestly, just for all the people that I've made connections with, you included. Um, yeah, I it just, it's been absolutely life-changing on so many levels. Yeah, okay, awesome. That's what I love to hear. I, I think one of the biggest fears that students have uh, especially non-traditional students who are getting older and wondering, can I do it? Should I do it? Um, is is that question of is it worth it? And and again, you just you just said kind of emphatically, yes, I would do it again. As you again have gone through these two years now, you're seeing your peers go through this as well. Do you think there is? something that you can concretely point to and go, this is where I, as a non-traditional student, struggle compared to my peers? Hmm. Where would I say that I struggle? It's going to sound weird and like a really shallow thing, but my my ability to stand on my feet for long periods of Mm -hmm. time, I have osteoarthritis in my knees. So I would say that's like the number one thing that I come to is that I'll be sitting in exams sometimes and I have to like have an accommodation that I have to get up and stretch during Mm -hmm. a five hour exam or, you know, in the anatomy labs, I I had to have a stool because I couldn't stand on my feet on that hard service for five, six hours. But honestly, other than that one physical thing, I truly can't think of anything else that's made it more of a struggle. I mean, I honestly see so many more assets to going at an older age. I hear so many pre-meds who are like, oh my gosh, I'm so old. I'm going to be like 33 when I start. And I'm like, I have socks older than that. I'm like, you know, like 33, you're like, oh, hon, hey, no, you're good. You're good. Like, um, I, I truly do believe that like the older you get, the more life experience and just the more perspective you have about things. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just makes the road so much easier and so much smoother. You just, you don't freak out about a lot of the stuff a lot of people freak out about because you recognize that it's it's not do or die. You know, you're, you're going to fail exams. You're, you're going to fail them. You're going to fail them astronomically. <laughs> you're going to have setbacks and you're going to have preceptors that look at you and say, wow, that's the dumbest thing that I've ever heard come out of someone's <laughs> mouth. And I mean, <laughs> you're going to have days where you're just like, I'm a terrible person and I don't deserve to be here. But I don't have those because I, I truly think it's just that perspective of just knowing that, you know, once you've been down the road and you've really kind of gone through some stuff in life, you realize that all of these things are just, they're just things. Yeah. They're so temporary. And, you know, it's tests can be retaken. You say something stupid in front of a preceptor, you just smile with shaky lips and say, I'm going to look that up and get back to you. <laughs> and you do. And you, 
<laughs> you don't make the same mistake twice. And it's not fatal. You know, yeah. failing one exam is not, well, that's it. You're, you stink and you're out of here. Yeah. You know, I, I talk on, on, my, on my stream quite a bit telling people that just to remember that you're not a number. You're not a, you're not a grade. You're not a membership in thus and such alpha, beta, mega, gamma, delta, <laughs> academic honorary that's not you that that's not you and and in truth from the people that i've spoken to that work in residency admissions that's not even the biggest part of what's going to get you a residency yeah you know it's your relationships with people that are going to get your residencies it's how you perform in the office in the clinic in the hospital it's it's how your preceptors and your faculty speak of you it's the connections you make those those are the big things i mean grades are they're great and they're important but they're not it yeah and i think that's a hard thing for a lot of med students because most of us got to medical school because our whole life is about academic validation you yep. know? exactly like, there's so much more yeah so one of the things that i don't think anyone is uh, immune to life happening to them at, at whatever age but as an older non-traditional medical student who has a family, right? You, during your first two years of medical school, have not been immune to family health issues, personal health issues. And, and a lot mm -hmm. of people will look at that and go, like, carpe diem, why am I here studying and doing this and getting into debt when I should be out living life and whatever else? But it, it seems like it's it has the opposite effect on you of just continuing to reassure you that you're in the right place how, how do you get to that mindset that you seem to have of just positive like not even like not toxic positivity but you were just positive well there was a time in my life where things were not so positive i went through a pretty horrific and gut-wrenching divorce in 2008 2009 which for those of us who remember such a date was also when the housing market crashed so yep. it wiped us out financially um i was you know living in a little two-bedroom apartment working two jobs and going to night school with five-year-old twins hanging on my leg looking up at me going now what mommy and i didn't have a clue you know crying myself to sleep every night and and went through a really tough time where things weren't so positive and um I honestly think that gave me a lot of perspective too. You know, everything else is gravy right now. Like I'll, like, oh, I really didn't do very well on that physiology exam. Hey, but you know what? I came home and flipped the light switch and the lights came on. <laughs> I paid my That's electric cool. bill. <laughs> I paid my electric bill. You know, and it's like, you know, I, this didn't go very well, but you know, I really wish that lab would have gone better, but you know, Hey, my husband just got a great report from the doctor, you know, yeah. it's, so it's, you really start to look at those things uh, as just, you know, what are, what's real and what's not. And, and I'm always telling my classmates, you know, when they're like, Oh, it's so horrible on that exam. I'm like, it's not real life. This is not real life. This is medical school and it's great and it's educational, but it's not real life. Yeah. <laughs> there will be people who hear you say that and, and will immediately think that you're full of crap that it is real life, oh, yeah, that, no, the, rest, that the, the rest of their life, <laughs> their career is contingent on this real life that you say mm -hmm. isn't real. How, how do you, how do you rebut a student like that? Or do you just well, not? It, my husband has a phrase he loves to say, and I think it's so true. Some things are better felt than told. Mm -hmm. I can talk till I'm blue in the face about the perspective that you're going to have 
in your 30s over your 20s or your 40s over your 30s or your 50s over your 40s. But you don't know until you know. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's like, you don't. it's hard to explain. I mean, I can say, you know, you, you will see one day that. But I hate to be that person because you always you don't want to be that boomer going, hi, your kids today. Someday you'll know. But I mean, someday you'll know. You know, it's just there's certain things that you you really only know until you've walked down that road, until you can just look at it for what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but oh yeah, no, I have people telling me I'm full of crap all the time on social media. All the time. Yeah. What what's the <laughs> what's the biggest I'm full reason? Of crap too. It's fun. Oh, the bigger reason, the biggest reason I'm full oh that I get people yelling at me on social media. Yeah. Um, the toxic positivity is a big one. I get that a lot. Mm. People saying, you make it sound like med school is all just sunshine and moonbeams and unicorns. And I'm like, it's not. I'm like, I, I don't think I do. I try not to. It is a lot of work. It's tough. It's hard. It's hard. It's yeah. hard at 52. It's hard at 42. It's hard at 22. It's extra hard if you have kids. I'm not going to lie. I got kids and it's tough. And mine are almost grown. Um <laughs> I have a son with autism. It's tough if you have a kiddo with some special needs. It's it's challenging. It's there's fill in the blank with whatever your thing is. But the thing is, everybody's got a thing. Yeah. You know, I have I have classmates that are going through personal health issues. I have classmates that, you know, lost a parent or a partner midway through the year. Um, I've had classmates who have been homeless. I've had classmates who have been down some really dark roads and in some really dark places. So I think. It's easy to forget that we all have our stuff, mm-hmm. you know, and I think just those of us who have had more stuff just tend to be more resilient in the end. hundred percent. Yeah. So I, I get the toxic positivity thing a lot, which I don't think is necessarily me being positive about med school is that I'm just kind of positive about life, but that's just who I am. Yeah. And I, I can't really change that. I, I want to stay on <laughs> this one. I don't want to change it. Yeah. I, I want to stay on this one because it, it almost seems like there's a contingent of people out there who seem to think that you're supposed to be complaining about med school because that's going to change it. And that people like you out there who were like, again, a matter of, uh, a matter of perspective are like, it's not death, right? It's it's not real. It's just this this world that we have yeah. to get through, and everyone typically does get through it. It, it. it seems like again, there's this contingent that's like, no, you have to complain about it. It's miserable, <laughs> and the more we complain about it, maybe it'll change. And I'm like, well, what it was it going to change to? I don't right. I don't know. No, I don't know what you think no, about I, that. I completely agree. Oh no, I completely agree. I completely agree. I mean, I see um. I, I see a lot of that. Um, and I do think there are changes that need to be made. I mean, we see across the board in medical school, in residency, in practice, the mental health issues, the anxiety, the depression, the substance abuse, the suicide rate that we have among healthcare professionals is truly, truly disturbing. Um, I don't know what the answer is to that. I've spent so much time thinking about it and how I can hopefully someday be an advocate for change. I think communication is the biggest piece. I think the more we can start being honest, um, the more we can stop just ripping each other down. Uh, something that I I see again and again on, I see it on social media countless times, you know, someone who's like, oh, I, I just started at this nursing school and it's amazing. And they're like, oh, well, you'll hate it because, you know, they don't like, you know, women of color there. So you won't do well there. And I'm like, well, 
you just took this beautiful gift she had and you just stomped it. Yeah. Or people who just say, wow, you're going to med school at 50. Wow. I guess if you want to waste all your money, I hope you're not taking out student loans because you'll be dead in 20 years. And it's just like, I, and then, you know, I click on those people's pages and they're like, you know, Bob Smith, a nursing student. And I'm like, what? What? what's <laughs> happening here? Like, what? Or I see other med students just tearing each other down. And I think, you know, if we want to stop the negativity and the anxiety and the suffering that we're seeing in the healthcare community, it has to start from within. We have to start supporting each other. We have to start backing each other up. We have to stop ripping each other apart from inside because the only way this is going to change is if we all stick together. Yeah. You, you have, uh, just today, a perfect example of, it seems like a community <laughs> coming together. <laughs> nice segue oh, here. Um, yeah, I know. <laughs> it's like I've done this once or twice. Um, right. You shared with me as soon as we, we jumped on before we hit record, you got your Comlex level one score back today as you're supposed to be I, transitioning into your clinical rotations and yeah, you missed by I, that much. Missed by just a couple points. of points. <laughs> But, but you almost immediately followed up with being surrounded with supportive voices and people. Talk about how that oh came to be. Oh, my gosh. Well, my friends that knew that I was getting my score today, they'd all been messaging me last night and this morning. And, oh, my gosh, let us know as soon as you're here. And our fingers are crossed. And you're going to do so great. And, you know, so I had to kind of go, well, <laughs> sad trombone. <laughs> it didn't pass. And, just immediately, just, oh my gosh, I have these great resources. This is one that totally helped me when I was studying, or have you heard about this program? You know, I know so-and-so who has it, and here's, here's a discount for that program. And, and just, you know, a group of my, a group of my women friends were just immediately, they're like, where are you? We're coming to your house right now. We're kicking your husband and your boys out, like girls weekend. Like we're just, we're going to surround you. <laughs> like it just immediately, I just, I mean, my phone's right now still too. I'm like messages are ping, 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 ping from all my friends just offering so much love and so much support and just, you know, everything from, do you want to borrow this great resource I have to, do you want to just go punch something or like, <laughs> <laughs> like do you want to go break things? You know, <laughs> like all of my friends who were just like, it just, it, the immediate reaction was just so much love. And the physician I'm supposed to do my first rotation with starting Monday, I had to reach out to her and say, well, I won't be there on Monday. You know, she immediately got back to me and she was like, this is just a blip. It's a setback. That's all. She's like, no, do not beat yourself up over this. This happens to so many people. She's like, I may personally know what it's like to <laughs> not pass the board on the first time. So. <laughs> Cough, cough, She's I like, have a friend. <laughs> cough, cough, nudge, nudge, I know this guy. Who, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, but she was like, oh, yeah, so many of my colleagues and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, and they're all doctors. Yeah. They're all doctors. Taking care of people, <laughs> doing their best, <laughs> living their life. in very highly competitive fields yeah. who did not pass their first time, and it's okay. Yeah. But Jen, so, but Jen, was, yeah. be honest with me. You had to have some amount of oh crap, what is this going to look like for the rest of my oh, life? Oh yeah. Oh, completely, <laughs> completely. No. Oh gosh, totally. Um, but I'm, <laughs> I'm kind of one of those people that I go whoonk really fast, but then I go whee back really fast too. <laughs> my, my friend Alexis, like we, we had an exam one time and, and I just, oh, I tanked it. I tanked it so bad. And I just looked at Alexis and my eyes were huge. And I was just like, Lex, 
I bombed that. That was horrible. That was terrible. I don't know if I can come back from that. What if I don't pass this class? What? And she looked at me and just really calm. And she goes, I'm going to allow you to spiral for like, looks at her watch, two minutes. Um, when you're done, let me know. We'll go get coffee. Because she knows me. That's what I will do. I'll go, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Oh crap. And then I go, oh, okay. No, this is fine. We're okay. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I'm like those Weeble dolls. Remember, you knock down the Weeble and they, so, yeah. yeah. Oh, I absolutely had a moment of, oh, crap. You know the saying, right? You, the do you know that? Wobble, but they don't fall down? There you go. <laughs> I don't know if that's a generational thing. Like, I, I know that saying I inside probably. and out. Weebles wobble, but they won't fall down. Yeah. <laughs> but, oh, yeah. No, I had a definite, oh, crap. We've had a lot of, oh, craps over the last two years in school and in my family. And I, you kind of look at it and you say, okay. Um, but I always remember, like I told you about after my divorce, standing in that apartment, you know, with about 200 bucks in my bank account and having no idea what to do. And my little boys look up, looking up at me going, now what mommy? And, and I always keep that in my head when things like that happen, like today, when I saw that I didn't pass and I saw how close I came, um, I hear that voice saying, okay, now what mommy? And that's, that little phrase is always my reminder of, okay, what's the next step? What do we do from here? Yeah. You know, I, I can, I can wallow and, and I might wallow a little bit. I got some ice cream later. I'm going to do some wallowing. Um, but action steps are always the big thing. The now what mommy, what, is what it, do I do now? Now it, what? Is it a reminder of action steps or is it perspective of I'm, uh, I'm not that low, right? That was probably one of the lowest points in your life. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Oh okay. yeah. Yeah, probably both. It's it's a reminder of, okay, action steps. What do we do now? Um, next foot in front of the other. But yeah, oh, 100%. It's it's absolutely to the reminder of it could be a lot worse. <laughs> it could always be worse. And and it's it interesting. Per- perspective is interesting. I, I've had this conversation with my wife uh, about trying to think about things in perspective. And she always gets mad at me when I try to do that. I just, <laughs> I, I wonder, like, like, she's like, no, I want to wallow. I want to be upset. I want to. Um, and she doesn't wallow long. But uh, it's it's interesting that some people can kind of see perspective and understand it and others have a harder time. I, I wonder what that is. It's, it's interesting. Yeah. Oh no. I'm married to someone who's extremely pragmatic too, where mm-hmm. I'd just be like, this happened and I think it's bad. Like what do we, and he'll, my husband would be the one who'd immediately like bust out an Excel spreadsheet with like the whole plan of how we're going <laughs> to handle whatever the situation is. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. He's just very pragmatic. He never just, he won't have like a meltdown over anything like something absolutely catastrophic could happen. And he'd be like, all right, well, let's, let's talk about what the procedure is. Here's our way out of it. Right. That's it. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. I talked to lots of non-traditional students who are concerned that their non-traditional journey is a hindrance is, is a negative thing. Mm -hmm. And it seems like the, the two times I've talked to you now, um, it's couldn't be further from the truth. Oh, absolutely. And I get that feedback on a regular basis from faculty. I get it from staff. I've been doing an internship with the medical examiner and, you know, I get the feedback from uh, a lot of people in the field who have told me like, you know, no, we love people who have diverse backgrounds. We love people who have had real life experience, you know, people who were in the military, who worked in mass units, people who were EMTs. They like people who were, you know, oh, this person was a biology, high school biology teacher back in the day. And, you know, they, they love the unique perspectives. They love 
working with people who have real life experience. Because, I mean, when it comes right down to it, when they're looking for someone for a residency, they're not necessarily looking for, okay, who had the highest grades in this class? They're like, who can we work with for 18 hours without wanting to throw them down a flight of stairs? And then want to go grab, grab a meal after a shift. Yeah. They want people that they can relate to, that they can talk to, that have some kind of a life outside of medicine. And if you don't have a life outside of medicine, that is a fast track to burnout, y'all. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you have, you have a, a wonderful life outside of medicine, uh, traveling the country on your bus, going to Taylor Swift <laughs> concerts right down the road from me and not saying hi. Um, <laughs> I messaged, I messaged the, the gal you work with and I was like, is he in town? She says, no, he's on vacation. So I yeah. was like, oh, cause we were planning to come see you. Yeah, I was, I was here. Uh, ah. talk about again, the two years that you've been in school, maintaining that balance because I, I see your social media, we, we chat and, and you are, you're living life and you're in med school. And a lot of people don't think you can yeah. do both. You can't. You can. I'm not going to say it's easy, but you can do it. Um, that was a big one for me. And I think when we, when my husband and I had the discussion about me starting medical school, um, I had told him, I was like, you know, we've only got a few more years while the kids are home. Um, and he and I had this great life where, you know, we, we loved our little farm and we traveled in the bus and we loved to do music festivals across the country. And I was like, I don't want to lose that. Mm-hmm. Here. Um, I want to find a way that we can maintain that because for me, we always have a saying in our family. Um, like if our son says like, you know, I don't know if I want chicken or fish. We're like, we're a family of and order both, you know, I don't know. Do we want to go here or there? Oh, we're a family of and let's hit them both. So, you know, when I was like, can we find that balance? And my husband right away was like, what are we? And I'm like, okay, we're a family of and we're going to find a way that we can do this. You know, I've had, I've had the opportunity to travel. I've had the opportunity to meet amazing people. I feel like I haven't really missed a beat. I honestly, I think medical school has opened doors to more opportunities for me to have some great adventures and meet incredible people. Mm. And so it, it can be done. And again, I think it's so important that you hang on to those non-medical pieces of your life when you start medical school. I see that time and time again, people who are like, oh, I used to love to skateboard or I love to go skiing, but you know, I have to study. So I don't do that anymore. Or, oh yeah, we used to, and I don't do it. I've got to study. And I'm like, you have got to keep whatever it is that has nothing to do with medicine. You've got to keep it and you have to make time for it. You have to, or you will burn out and you will become resentful and you, mm -mm. but Jen, Yes. We just talked about you failing Comlex level one by mm-hmm. by two points. So some yep. people will point out, well, you just proved that you can't have both or else you're going <laughs> to fail. How, how, like, do you think m- I mean, maybe, I guess I would counter with that. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, there are people. <laughs> I mean, I know people who spent 12 hours a day in the library for eight weeks straight and stared at screens and drove themselves crazy studying around the block and still around failed. the clock with no breaks and they failed too. Yeah. And I know people who said, nah, I'm not really going to study. And they just kind of fiddle farted around and did whatever they did and <laughs> flaked around and they took it and they passed. Cause some people are good test takers and some <laughs> people aren't great test takers. Thanks. I mean, honestly, <laughs> the, the, the time now, right? <laughs> we hate those kids. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, Truth be told, yeah, there, 
Is there knowledge that you need to have to pass these exams? Of course, certainly. But are these exams also relatively arbitrary based on one's ability to take exams? Yeah. Some people are not great test takers. Um, some people give brilliant presentations. Some people can do incredible uh, hands-on work. And it's it's mind-blowing. They can give lectures that just have you in tears, like you're just in awe. But their ability to sit and tap at a computer screen repetitively, excuse me, repetitively for eight hours, maybe not their jam. Yeah. Um, that just is what it is. But yeah. You know, oh yeah. There's going to be people who are going to say, Oh, you didn't pass. It's because you went and saw Taylor Swift. And I'm sorry, am I willing to give up my Comlex score to see Taylor? Yes. The answer is <laughs> yes. All things will be sacrificed on the altar of Taylor Swift. <laughs> Tay Tay is going to write you a, a letter of wreck. <laughs> I no shame in that. Yeah, there was absolutely a hundred percent no oh, way I was missing that concert. Did, wait, but but you t- you took Comlex before you went to the Swift concert, right? Didn't you or no? I'm trying to remember. Uh, yes, it was. A, yeah. I think it was like oh yeah, it was like the day before we left. I think okay. yeah. it was like the day before we took off on the road. Yeah, because um, we went because t- I took it and then we saw the Grateful Dead and then we went to Taylor. Nice. Talk, talk about what that actually looks like, because again, I think this this and environment, which I love and, and I wholeheartedly uh, buy into as well. When when you talk about going on on the road and your bus and you're traveling, there's still some and there, right? So your classmates oh, are yeah. studying in the library. You just happen to be studying on a bus on the road somewhere. I study on the bus. Yeah. And that's that's the thing. I know there were people who were like, what? You went on this trip and I can't believe you. We went to Greece in May. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, you went to Greece? You were supposed to be studying. And if you wanted to see, if I had cataloged my studying, anyone could have seen <laughs> that I studied on the plane the entire way there. Yeah. And I studied for eight hours a day in the villa. We went out for walks in the morning and we went out in the evening and the rest of the day I studied. So I just had a lovely view while I did it and really, really good Greek food. Um, (laughs) But yeah, no, I, this was a trip that like you said, my husband and I had had some health stuff we dealt with the year prior and we had looked at each other and said, we've wanted to do this trip. We're going to do this trip come hell or high water. And again, it was a priority thing for me. Could I have possibly bought myself four more points on my Comlex by not going to Greece? Maybe. Was I going to give up that once in a lifetime chance to have that trip with my husband? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. It, it, it was a priority thing for me. Um, yeah, it just, honestly, it's, and that's all it came down to. Like I said, family of and, and um, my family always comes first. They always will. Yeah. And who I am will always come first and who I am was someone who wasn't about to miss this trip with my husband. Cause I don't know if we're going to have a chance to do another one. So yeah. listening to you, I, I think one of the biggest potential differentiators between a young 22 year old med student and you at 52, you don't wrap your identity up into being a medical student or to being a future physician, Uh where a lot of younger students do. Do you see that as a potential difference into why you're able to let things kind of roll off your back a little bit easier? 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And that's another one of those things that I think just comes with time because, you know, if you're coming straight out of undergrad, if you're like, I was a pre-med, now I'm a med student, you haven't had that time to figure out who you are, you know, who you are outside of school. Um, I see people who go through that when they get out of college, when they're trying to sort of reinvent who they are. I see people who, when they go through a divorce, are doing the same thing, like, who am I if I'm not married to so-and-so? Um, but I think when you wear a lot of hats, when you are not just a medical student and a daughter, in my case, I'm a medical student, I'm also a daughter, I'm also an intern, I'm also you know, a mother, I'm also a wife, I'm also a hobby farmer, I'm also a deadhead, I'm also a Swifty, I'm also a, you know, a bus lifer, I'm also, you know, so once you start putting on all of those hats, um, it just provides so much more balance. But I think it just, it, you, it takes so much time to really figure out who you are and just that ability to just be comfortable in your own skin and to just say, hi, you know, this is, this is who I am. And um, I make no excuses for who I am. <laughs> so I think the biggest thing that I've taken away from this conversation is grateful dead fans are deadheads. Taylor Swift fans are Swifties. Mm-hmm. I, I need a term for people who listen to pre-med years. <laughs> like, who are we? Like, are, are we medheads? Like, I don't know. Like, who who are we? Oh, oh, I like that. Medheads. <laughs> oh, all right, that's good. I'm making t-shirts. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, <laughs> something with gray or, I don't know. We got to figure that out, so. Oh, I like that. <sighs> anyway, um, you and I get to meet in person. We should have met in person uh, two weeks ago. Um, I know. But you and I will meet in person October 6th through 8th in Baltimore, Maryland. Yes. You are coming to MAPTCON. You are going to share some of your story there uh, and be available to talk to other non-traditional students, uh, which is super exciting. Friday night, October 6th is a non-trad night. I have several amazing uh, non-trad people joining me that night to share stories. That's and so it's It's going to be so fun. Um Talk about maybe in in your own words why people should come and listen and and network and collaborate. I think honestly, more than anything, it's so so important to come and see all the people that you are going to be connecting with, not just as a pre med, but as a medical student, but as a colleague. All of the people you go to medical school with, these are going to be your colleagues for the rest of your life, and it's so amazing to get to kind of create those relationships early on and really see the kind of people who are your people. Um, no matter where you go to school, you're going to find your people. And I think this is a great way to do that. I also think that the non-traditional night is fantastic. I'm so excited you're doing that because I think so many people, I, what I hear so often is people are like, well, I don't know if I'm really non-traditional, you know, and I'm like, yeah, you're 42 or, you know, <laughs> um, <laughs> You're non-traditional. Like I've, I've had a lot of people in my in my school even who are like, I don't know if I'm non-traditional, and I'm like, and then they tell me their story, and I'm like, you have an amazing story. Like, are you kidding me? And I I just think it's so empowering to hear other people's stories and to see that I think we all have that picture in our mind of what the traditional medical student or sort of the, the clip art version of what a doctor looks like. Like if you Google image doctor in white coat, you know, <laughs> you get Alex Karev standing there in the white coat and the screen. Like, I think it's more important that we see people of 
different gender identities, that we see people of different ethnicities, that we see people of different ages, that we see people who are neurodiverse or might have physical disabilities. I, I think it's so important that we're able to look at and really challenge the idea of what is a doctor. Because mm. I think that's so empowering when we get patients later on who can come in and see that's a doctor that looks like me. Mm. Wow. Maybe I can do that too. And that's such a huge message. And I think that the sooner we can start to place that in our minds and in our hearts, the better. And I'm just so excited for this convention. I think it's just going to be absolutely amazing and so inspiring for so many people. It's oh, so fun. Everyone needs to come. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am grateful that you are coming. Uh, and Pacific Northwest University, your school is coming and tabling so people can meet oh, representatives. Yeah, I think Dave, oh, Dave will awesome. be there. Um, oh, yay. where can people find you online to connect with you before the conference, after the conference, et cetera? Absolutely. I am online on Instagram and on TikTok at the road to Dr. Jen. All right. So there you have it again, Jen. If you want to go back and listen to her first episode, her first podcast episode we did together, where she talked about the excitement of being a medical student. And this was a little bit more the reality of being a medical student. That was premedyears.com slash 472. Hope you learned a lot today. Hope you learned that you don't have to be perfect on this journey. You don't have to stop living your life on this journey. You don't have to stop doing anything on this journey. You need to be you and you need to be a medical student. And Jen is doing that. And yes, a little of a hiccup on the way, not passing her, her uh, board exam, but she'll get there. She'll get there. Thank you, Jen, for coming on. And Jen's going to be at MAPTCON. Come to MAPTCON, presented by Blueprint, October 6th through 8th in Baltimore, Maryland. I'll see you there. Go to mapcon.com. Have a great week. See you next time here on The Pre-Med Years. This is MedEd Media.